to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Take your Bibles. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We've been talking to you about revival, the revival that's not really coming, but the revival that we should be in. Each and every one of us have an opportunity to live every day in revival. I've been in revival now for 30 years, praise God. And I've loved every minute of it, glory to God. But it's a place where we can all live. It's interesting in the Bible that Jesus, after he was raised from the dead, he appeared to how many people, do you know? Anybody know? 500. 500 or more people he appeared to. Now, what do you think he told him about? Do you think he probably told him about the Spirit of God coming to the earth sooner or later, since that's what he went to the cross for? But you know how many showed up in the upper room? 24%. Now, I hope that's not an indication of what's going to happen in these times, that only 24% of Christians are going to enter into the revival that needs to be in revival at this day and hour. I mean, no, that, that's, that means that there's 76%. So we've got to make a choice, don't we? We've got to choose. We told you earlier this year that the rain is here and the rain is, is raining right now. It's rainy season. Say it's rainy season. It's rainy. And everybody that wants to is going to step into the rain of God, is going to start walking in revival, is going to get revelation that they never got before. It's going to rise up out of the inside of them. You're going to start to see things you couldn't see before. You're going to hear things you didn't hear before. You're going to see things beyond the natural realm. Thank God. Oh, my God, I'd hate to have to live by natural knowledge and wisdom. Dear Lord, we'd all be in the funny farm, weren't we? Yeah, we'd all be coming to see each other. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 45, and it says, And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit or life-giving or revival spirit. So it's talking about Adam. Who's the last Adam? Jesus, Jesus Christ was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth. He is what? But the second man is the Lord from where? And as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy, and as is the heavenly, such are they also that are what? Heavenly. And now, which are you? Are you earthy or are you heavenly? heavenly? You're heavenly. And we found out that the heavenly spirit was basically a revival spirit or a life-giving spirit. Where's that spirit right now? It's on the inside of you. dwells on the inside of you. Christ lives in you. You know, the whole church believes that Christ died. Everybody believes Christ was raised from the dead. They believe that Christ was sent into heaven. They believe Christ's coming back, but not too many believe that Christ is in them. Amen. And that's the revelation that we need more than anything of who dwells and lives on the inside of us. Now look at verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, how many borne the image of the earthy? Let's not go back there, praise God. We shall also bear the image of who? The heavenly. So here it's telling you what's taking place. There's an identity that we have that goes along with Christ on the inside of us. It's a revival spirit to where we can live in revival every single day of our life. Now, how many know it's not easy? How many know there's, there's blockages and there's attacks and there's things to keep us out of a revival mode? But it doesn't mean we can't. It just means we have to choose to and walk in the revival spirit that's on the inside of me. See, there is a revival spirit burning on the inside of me. All right, go to Romans chapter 8.
All right, Romans chapter 8, look at verse 11. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead. Now, who's the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead? Holy Spirit, but apparently it's a life-giving spirit because Jesus was dead and it gave Jesus what? Life. So if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells where? He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells where? Now this tells you that he on the inside of you wants to affect the outside of you. This is why you have to learn to live from the inside out rather than the outside in. Because what's in you is bigger than what's out here. We're moved with our feelings and emotions and the news and everything we see out here. But you've got to understand there's something on the inside of you that says greater is he that is than he that is in the So we want to pay more attention to who's on the inside of us and the power of God that's already in us. And notice he's a quickening spirit. He's the one who will give life to your mortal. Say mortal. How many of you have a mortal body? Right here it is. So not only will the spirit of God rise up on the inside of you and give life to your spirit, it will give life also to your physical body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you're in two with him, he'll get into your body. He'll get into your bones. He'll get into your flesh. He'll get into your stuff. What's, what's he doing? He wants us to walk in divine health like we're teaching on Wednesday night. It's something that he's given us to do. But we can do that by the life-giving spirit on the inside of us. Now, why does he want to do that? Because he wants us to be in a position to extend God's kingdom to this earth. That's what we're here for. What's your purpose? To extend God's kingdom on the earth. But am I called to be a pastor, prophet? I don't care what you're called to be. It's to extend God's, you know. Everybody wants to have a title by their name. Don't have a title. Just do what you're supposed to do. And if you have a title, you walk into your title by doing what you're supposed to do. You don't have to say, hey, hey, may say you're a pastor. Hey, may say. You ought to know. You understand? You ought to know on the inside of you when you press into God. The Spirit of God is on the inside of you to give you the will and purpose of God on the inside of you. He's to lead and guide you into how much truth? A little bit? All truth. So he's in there this morning to lead and guide you. He led me into being a pastor. Never had a thought of being a pastor till I got born again. After that, never had a thought for a while. Then once I started having these thoughts, and after rebuking the devil several times, I found out it was God. <laughs> Come on, whenever God asks you to do something that you don't think you can possibly do, you better cast out the devil because you're afraid to do it. Are you following me? So when he comes and he starts saying, you're going to preach the gospel, get in the word. You and I open up the word of God, and it like jumps out to me. It's not like I got to press in to get re revelation. It just jumps on me. You understand? You read the word it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dear Lord, that's a great revelation. It. It is wonderful. What happened? The Spirit of God on the inside of you starts to lead and guide you into all truth, starts to show you your purpose and your plan for your life, starts to give you a step at a time. The steps of a righteous man are... That's why it's important for you to live in righteousness that he gave to each and every one of us so he can show what needs to be done. All right, go to Matthew chapter 6. Say, I have... A revival, a revival spirit on the inside of me. All right, Matthew chapter 6, everybody knows this. Look at verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is where? In heaven. Now, we know this is God's will, isn't it? So God's will is that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means a revival-giving person, a revival-giving church, is going to be a kingdom church that gives life 
to the things here on earth that need life. How many of you have relation that need life? How many have coworkers that need life? How many you know so many times you need life? You've got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. We're here to enforce God's will in this world, and we can do it because we've got the Spirit of God on the inside of us. This happens through the living Spirit in us. Say, so the Spirit of Revival, the spirit of revival lives, in me. lives in me. Now, what we've got to stop doing is allowing the devil place in our lives. And we can do that. The Bible says that we have all authority on heaven and earth. It says you'll trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. It says that you can speak to the mountain, it'll move. It says we are more than conquerors. When we step into this identity of who we are, we'll start keeping the devil out of him, giving him no place in our life whatsoever. And the only way you can re walk in revival is stop obeying him and start obeying God. And the way we obey God is by obeying the word of God. Say the word of God. So it's time, and I mean, I think God's sitting up there saying, it's time. It is time, he's saying, it is time for a group of people to rise up and just start believing the word of God, to stop trying to do it in their own performance, but just believe his performance of what he did for us on the cross. On the cross, praise God, he made you a victory. He, he gave you victory. So I want victory in my business. I want victory in my job. I want victory in my family. I want victory every place I go. I want victory, and it's available. 100% of the time. So every time we step out of victory, we need to go to him and find out what kept us from walking in the victory that already belongs to each and every one of us. We're not trying to get good enough to walk in victory. You were born into victory. Thank God. You were born into the kingdom of God. So basically on the earth now, you've got life-giving spirit. Say, I have a life-giving spirit on the inside of me. And here's my favorite saying, no more bad days. There's no reason to have a bad day. No reason to have one at all when you believe who's on the inside of you, what's going on. All right, go to Matthew chapter 5. You're pretty close. Look at verse 13. Jesus speaking, he says, You are the salt of the earth, but if that salt has lost its savior or its strength, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore hence faith good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot by men. Hallelujah. How many of you know there's a lot of men out there with big feet right now? Come on, waiting to trodden on the church. But this church that God is producing now, this kingdom church, this, this life-giving church is going to be of a different breed, no longer be cast underfoot of men. They're going to make an influence and they're going to make a difference. This church is going to be feared. This church is going to be on top. This church basically is going to be in financial bliss. This church is going to be living in divine health when everybody else is falling apart. I don't care, plague one, two, three, four, five, six. These people are going to be walking in divine health anyway. It's not like the church today. There's a transformation coming through the Spirit of God and the reign of God. Many of you who are sitting here have had word put into you and word put into you. But remember this church forever, word in your word and your word and your word in your say, so I just don't think I'm doing that good. I just don't think I'm growing. But now the rain is coming. I don't know if you've ever planted a seed, but you don't put any rain on it. You might as well forget it. But it's rainy season right now, and the rain is coming down. And every seed that you, every Wednesday that you were here, every Sunday you were here, every time you talk to somebody about the Word of God, that seed's in you just waiting for the rain. Come on. I'm telling you what, it is better to have a bunch of seed in you and wait for the rain than to have no seed and get a bunch of rain. What happens when we get a bunch of rain with no seed? You become granola Christians. 
fruits, nuts, and flakes. Why? You've got no word in you. You just feel the Spirit of God. You're just excited. And anybody tells you anything, half the time it's a devil, half the time it's an airhead, half the time it's religion, and you're going to run with anything. That's why it's so important that the seed you've been putting in over the last year, the seed you've been putting over the last years, the seeds you've been putting in, that they're all on the inside of you. How many know they don't go no place? They're in there. And the rainy season right now is going to cause those to revive out of the inside of you because it's rainy season. Say it's rainy season. See, if you just stick with it, I tell you, all at once you're going to get revelation in areas where you said, I just don't understand that. I don't know what that means. And all at once you're going to be sleeping. You're going to wake up in the morning and the revelation's just going to hit you. And you say, my God, how could I bend so stupid? Ever say that? God gives you a revelation. You say, how could I bend that dumb that I couldn't figure that out? Praise God. I mean, 30 years ago now, exactly 30 years ago, the reign of God hit a prayer meeting, a little Catholic prayer meeting here in Fort Pierce. And the Spirit of God started to move. And everybody was praying for it. Everybody was fasting for it. Everybody was hungry for it. And the Spirit of God came, and it started to move. And I'm telling you what, people were getting touched. People were laughing uncontrollably. People were falling out. People were shaking. People were getting stuck to the wall. People were doing all this stuff. And then other denominations started coming. Listen to me. The kingdom of God and the power of God will make you trans form or go above your religious tradition. That's why many people in this last revival are going to come out of religious denominations rather than the regular church. They've been in religion so long they've had it. I've had it with religion. Oh, here's something new. God. The Spirit of God. That's new. That's something different. The power of God's new. And they're going to come out of it. But many people have been sitting in the church for years. La, 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 la. Uh, is he about done yet? Praise God, it's noon. Uh, golden Corral's open. Come on, praise God. But those who've been feeding on the Word of God, those who've been putting the Word of God in, praise God. And I'll tell you what, it was marvelous when it broke out. But then the leaders of the meeting decided that wasn't revival. That was more demonic. That was more terrible. That's not of God. That's not this. So the people who were patting you on the back telling how much they loved you all at once, we're giving you the left foot of fellowship. Come on, telling you to get out. Why? Because the Spirit of God was moving, and you cannot understand spiritual things with your natural mind. I found out a long time ago, people, people are doing this, they're doing that, they're doing this, they're doing that. And if I don't know if it's right or wrong, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Are you following me? No matter what their ministry is, it, it might be their ministry, and I might not know about that ministry, so I'm not going to judge that ministry. I'm not going to talk that ministry down. Are you following me? I mean, people get all upset because people speak in tongues. Well, you're wrong. People get upset because the Spirit of God moves and touches people. You're wrong. So if you don't know, just be quiet. Vocabulary of science. And just go on with what you're called to do. That's what you're called to do, and that's what's going to happen. So there was hunger there. Notice, when Jesus was doing signed wonders and miracles, who showed up to him in the middle of the night? Now, why when he showed up in the middle of the night? He didn't want anybody to see. See? And he didn't necessarily want to come out of his tradition or out of his religion. He just wanted to find out how was Jesus doing, and he was hoping he wouldn't have to come out of any things, and he could be with Jesus. But how many of you know it didn't work out? Didn't work out for him. And I'll tell you what, you're going to have to come to a place where you understand that this revival is going to be a complete revival. And by that I mean we love cake. We love ice cream. We love the great things of revival. But revival is talked about all through the Bible. And if you're going to learn about revival and walk in it continually, you have to find out 
the whole pie on revival. You can't cut a slice out of whatever you want and whatever you don't want. Oh, you follow me? Yeah. I mean, there's people who came to this church years ago, and they were part of this church, and, and they got mad about something, and they left. And about six months later, they called me, and, and their kid was sick, and, and they, they couldn't do anything about it. And the doctor said that they can't cure him. They don't know how to figure out, so they called me. And the first thing I tell everybody is, where are you going to church now? Did you talk to your pastor? And they say, well, yeah, but our pastor don't believe in healing in the power of God. So, of course, my thought is, everybody's thought, isn't it? What are you doing then? So they come, we pray for them, they get healed, they leave, and that's it. And I'll tell you what, you're going to have to learn to cope with, cope with situations that are in your life that have a good opportunity to offend you. And guess what? This is part of revival. The Bible says, love your enemies. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Pray for them that persecute you. Thank you, Jesus. This is, this is revival? No thanks. I'm going to go back to being ordinary, praise God. Hallelujah. You want to know what revival is? Look at chapter 5, verse 10. Now, we just read about you being the salt of the earth. Everybody excited about being the salt of the earth? Walking above, praise God, walking in victory, showing everybody. All right, verse 10, Jesus said, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you. They will persecute you. They shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice! And be exceedingly glad, great is your reward in heaven, for so they also persecuted who? Prophets. So here's Jesus, he's teaching, he's preaching, he's a wonderful teacher, but when he started to do signs, wonders, and miracles, how many know a lot of people got mad at him? Come on, they called him the devil. They came after him, they tried to upset him. So notice what it tells you to do in these situations. What's revival if you're going to keep revival? When you get persecuted, you're going to have to rejoice and be glad. And how many know this supersedes feelings? And emotions, this is a spiritual thing, ain't it? So you better be prayed up in your spirit. You better be in your spirit, man, where, you, where your main thing is to extend the kingdom of God no matter who calls you what that's right, or who says what about you. Otherwise, that's where your fire left. Come on, there's a lot of people who started out in ministry. Can we talk this morning? Yeah. Right, the spirit of God comes on the inside of you, and he starts showing you what he wants you to do in your life. And you know what? You're fine with that until you do it. Oh, he, he'd make me great. He's going to make me do this and make me do that. And Well, how long did he tell you that? 32 years ago. Well, have you started doing it yet? You know, and as soon as you step out, say as soon as you step out, persecution comes. As long as you don't do it, you're safe. I'm going to pastor, are you? When? I don't know, but someday I'm going to pastor. Anybody ever talk to you about not liking the way you pastor? Well, I haven't done yet, but no, I'm doing good. Anybody ever criticize what you preach? Well, I haven't preached yet, but I'm going to preach someday. It's all good. But as soon as you step out, as soon as you preach, as soon as you lay hands on the sick, as soon as you start casting out devils, as soon as you start living in joy in the midst of hell, people are going to wonder what the heck's wrong with you, and they're going to come after you. Why is that? To stop what God, the revival that's put on the inside of you. And if you don't learn to, to live in your purpose, that revival fire will start to wane. But as long as you're in your purpose and stay there, say stay there. Stay there. How many know they'll come from the left and they'll come from the right and they'll come from down below and they'll even come from up above, praise God. They'll come after you. But as long as you stay in, as long as you run your race with patience and keep going, that revival fire stays hot on the inside of you. It doesn't matter who likes it, who don't like it, who talks about you, who don't talk about it, who likes you, who pats you, who don't pat you. None of that makes a difference because you're in the perfect will of God and nobody can get to that fire. Notice what the Bible says about, the, what, the Bible says you're a garden and God plants his seed on the inside of you. But there's certain things that come against the seed of revival in your life. What are they? 
the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things, and persecution. See? So, so part of this revival, and I'm telling you this morning, is good news, but bad news, it's persecution. You are going to get persecuted. If you're doing anything kingdom-wise, there's a good chance you're going to be persecuted. And you don't have to look for it. You don't have to try to get persecuted to prove your worth. Trust me. Just trust me. Just do what you know how to do and do it, and persecution will find you, praise God. Don't go looking for it. It's chasing you down right now. Glory to God. Why is that? Because he wants to stop you from extending the kingdom of God in the hearts and lives of other people. So here basically says what's coming here. It says basically get exceedingly glad and rejoice because the reward is great in heaven. Now, how many know that's going to take some character? See, everybody wants to operate in the gifts of the spirit. Everybody wants to do this or wants to do that. But if you don't have the character under it, you're not going to succeed in it, see? When I first got saved, I read about up gifts of the Spirit and all this stuff, and I said, so I want to prophesy. I want this. I want this or that. But I wanted it for the wrong reason. I wanted it so people would see what a mighty man. And I know I'm the only one that's ever had that problem, so I'm just sharing it with you <laughs> to help you people understand what I went through through my life because it probably doesn't pertain to you. It's probably for that church over here, a side of us someplace, praise God. No, no, no. That's what we want to do. We want to show everybody how spiritual. We want to show everybody how powerful. We want to testify of it all the time. I mean, the book's out there. People are getting it out. It, it's going into all places. I'm hearing good reports. How I many know every now and then I give you a good report? But have I ever given you a bad report? Do you think there's been any? Oh, yeah. Heretic. Can't believe you wrote that. Well, I didn't write it. It's all scripture. See, I was smarter than that. I put very none me in in all scripture. So if you're going to get mad at somebody, get mad at him. Don't get mad at me. Well, that's the dumbest book. He's just making that stuff up. Blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter to me. The book's written. The book's getting out there. And I could care less, praise God. I'd rather help the 25, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 that's helping. I could care less about the five who don't like it. And that's what kingdom transformation and kingdom work is all about. You're going to step into a realm and start working in a realm. And actually what you do will bring you joy in the midst of persecution. See, and you can do it anyway. A lot of times, persecution is what keeps us from doing things. I mean, we have a battle every time. I went to, uh, we give money to Africa yet to help those people out. I went the other day to Walmart to, to work, send the money over to Africa, and I got there and got to the lady and started giving them our driver's license and everything. I said, how are you doing today? She said, oh, my God, do I have a headache? Oh, my God, I have a headache. And there's people lined up behind me about 20 deep, you know. Oh, I've got a headache. I don't know why I got this headache. You know, I had one of those red bulls or blue bulls or whatever they are and I had one of them and I don't think if that gave me the headache or not so she completed the thing and I said can, can I would you just come over here for a second she said of course why I said just step over here for a second I just laid hands on her head and I just said be gone be healed in Jesus name God wants you healed he loves you she said step back and said oh she smiled thank God yeah I mean you don't know what's coming next you got like your left hand ready in case it comes you know you want to block and she said yes but how many know there's 20 people in line God knows what each one of them individually. Somebody could have said, praise the Lord. Somebody could have said, I'd pray with you. Somebody could have said, I'm going to wait you get outside and beat the crap out of you. Because that's the way people think, right? So we've got to come to that place where there's an opportunity there and God's pushing you to do it. It doesn't matter what, what Louie or Jim or Bozo wants behind you or thinking. We just need to step out because we're not afraid of persecution anymore. 
I don't want to be unsalted and stomped on by the world because I got no guts to do what I'm called to do. Praise God. So hallelujah. What's it tell you here? It tells you those things are coming. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Well, I don't like this sermon. I wish he'd go back to healing the sick and casting out devils and getting goosebumps all over me. I like that one better. All part of it. This is all part of it. All right, Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 24. It says, the disciple, how many of you disciples? The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master. How many want to be as your master? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And the servant as his Lord. But if they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? I like the first half of that scripture. So if they called Jesus the devil, claimed him for having power of the devil, and you want to be like him, how many want to be like him? How many want to be a disciple? Then the same thing's going to happen to each and every one of us. When you're walking in the things of God, that's just the way that works. So we're going to have to make up our mind. Do we want to be disciples? Do we want to be like the Lord? Yes, we do. We want to fulfill the purpose that we're here. So my question to you this morning, are you ready for revival? Are you really ready for revival? Are you ready for the revival spirit to move on the inside of you and start touching and healing and delivering people? And then people talk about you, make fun of you, and spread nasty things about you? Are you ready for that? Is everybody ready for that? Hallelujah. Because notice, this is, I mean, you know, this is the word. So what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to love my enemies. Pray for those that persecute me. Listen, if they got upset when we put three crosses on a hillside, if they got upset when we keep trying to trying to have in God we trust on our money, if they get upset when we just hold our hands and pray together in public, what do you think they're going to do? I mean, if they get mad at three wooden crosses, my God, they're going to get mad at you for doing anything. And it's all part of the kingdom of God. It's all part of what's going on, praise God. Your success is not dependent on this government. How many of you know that? It's not dependent on the economy. How many of you know that? It's dependent on inside you, you living from the inside out in order to do it, praise God. And there's coming a day when the church is going to have most of the money. Right now, the world's dominating the narrative, dominating everything because they have the money. But there's going to be a lot of big corporations go down in the next few years. There are going to be a lot of big churches that go down in the next few years. And we don't wish that on anybody. But we want to get this kingdom thing out, and we want to operate in the kingdom of God, and we want to extend his kingdom. And the clock's ticking, and the rain's there, praise God. So let it rain. So new revelation is coming. I'm telling you what, if you, if you haven't been in the word that much, get in the word for God's sakes. Put that seed on the inside of you. Let the rain of God come into your life and start giving you Hallelujah. whatever you need, praise God, to make the decisions that you need to make. Glory to God. I mean, in the Old Testament, they were promised days of heaven on the earth. That was the Old Testament. So we ought to be able to live in that today, right? Days of heaven upon the earth. Hallelujah. All right, go to 2 Tem- 2 Timothy. For years in my walk, I had a habit of picking out the good things in the Bible and reading over the bad things. Have you ever did that? You know? Oh, hell's going to break loose, blah, 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 blah. No. But you're a victor. Hallelujah. I'm a victor. We, we skipped the first part. See? See? Yeah. 
In this world you shall have tribulation. But we have overcome the world. <laughs> then tribulation comes. What's going on here? I don't understand. God help me. Why is tribulation? Because he said it was coming for God's sakes. Let's believe the whole verse for a change. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse 12. Yay, say yay. yay. And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus might suffer, could suffer. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Shall. Shall. How do I know if I'm living godly? People are getting mad at me. Come on. I don't know why everybody's mad at me. You're living godly. It's your own fault. Live like the devil. You won't have any problems. You see? Those that live godly. Those that live godlike. And what's godlike? God's like a life-giving spirit on the inside who's extending his kingdom of God. So when you're doing that, you are going to suffer persecution. Now look at verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I don't understand why things are getting worse. They should be getting better. Well, right there it tells you, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse, and they shall wax what? Worse. worse. So now, in the midst of the evil, waxing worse and worse, I need to stay in my revival spirit, and on top of that, I'm going to be persecuted. Are you following? So what's the main focus here? It's not the evil. It's not the persecution. It's what's on the inside of you is my focus. My focus is the Christ on the inside of me that I'm going to be aware of rather than the evil, rather than the news, rather than all this stuff, so that I can walk inside out. Say inside out. Inside. Once you start walking inside out, the things of this world will grow dim. Once you're living outside in, everything will look like a giant to you. Just look massive out there. But it's not because spiritual power is so much stronger than natural power. Nothing in the natural should affect you because of the Spirit of God you got on the inside of you. All right, look at verse 14. So what am I supposed to do? Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. I'm getting persecuted. Look at verse 14. But continue. Say continue. Continue, continue in the things which he has learned and has been assured, knowing of them that thou hast learned them. And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith. All right, now, what makes you wise through faith here? Knowledge of the scriptures. What if I don't have knowledge of the scriptures, then I'm not wise. I'm, we'll say foolish for the people listening online. <laughs> foolish, yeah, it tells you right there. What are these? This is going to make you wise unto salvation through faith. In other words, I'm going to know how to handle the situations that come against my life. I'm going to know how to handle when there's a shortage of finances. I'm going to know how to handle when sickness comes against me. I'm going to know how to handle when things aren't going on. I know how to handle when somebody persecutes me. What am I going to do? I'm so much in the word that I'm just going to do what the kingdom tells me to do in each situation and live in victory every single day of my life. You've just got to do what it does. All right, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and in what? Righteousness. So this is going to show me our favorite scripture, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his, and all these things will be added. So not only did he put us in righteousness, but it's the word of God that teaches us to live in right standing with God. Now in order to live in right standing with God, you have to be in agreement with God. If you've got to be in agreement with God, you've got to be in agreement with the word of God because the word of God and God are one. So I've got to be in agreement with the word of God. If somebody persecutes me and comes against me, and your first thought is, well, I'm going to show them, praise God. I'm going to teach them a good lesson. I'm going to, and if you're quiet just for a little bit, the spirit of God say, glad, rejoice, pray for them. 
And he'll say, get back in there. See, that's what happens. We live inside out. It's the spirit of God. It's that still small voice on the inside of you. And as you feed that stuff in there, you'll start hearing that voice louder than I said on Wednesday night that sometime a symptom's going to hit your body and you're going to hear me say. Yeah. See, been preached, 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 not once and you're not going to hear God's voice, you're going to hear mine. By your stripes, you're healed. Well, that's Pastor Tommy. Where'd he go? He's in me. He'd be in here someplace. Why? Because it gets on the inside of you. Things that you were taught years ago by other teachers and other preachers. All at once, the Spirit of God will bring that, bring that scripture right back up. It's been 32 years ago since that person said it to me, but right now I needed that scripture. And it's like going into a bag of things and pulling something out, and then you walk in victory in that area. But it, you know, it's available for each and every one of us. This is a good thing. It's just not available for pastors and for leaders and for all this stuff, but for everybody. So there's going to be an acceleration of revelation right now, and it's important that you're in the Word, stay in the Word, listen to the Word, because the reign of God is here and then you just press in and get hungry. Say, get hungry. hungry. Everything in the kingdom of God has to do with hunger. Some people after 30 years get get unhungry because they think they know everything. Let me tell you, nobody knows everything. I'm hungry to learn more and more each and every day. I'm never going to back off that I don't know anything, much less everything, praise God. I want to keep pressing into God. I want to get more. I want to understand more. When I run into circumstances, it's an opportunity actually for you to grow and use the scripture of God to... Are you following? I mean, if we never, never ran into any attacks, what good's the word of God? Right. If symptom never hits your body, a moron could believe they're healed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Are you healed? Yeah, I feel like it. Good. But when the attack comes, I mean, no, then we got to stand. When somebody's talking behind your back and writing letters about you, how um, many of you know you got to do what the Bible tells you yeah. to do in that situation? Or you can go the other direction. And if you do what you want to do and what your feelings tell you, I'll tell you what, you won't succeed. You'll fall apart. Your whole system will fall apart. Oh, you'll feel better because you're teaching them a good lesson, but it's not helping you. It's the same way with unforgiveness in our hearts. When we, we have unforgiveness against somebody, we think we're really getting them. Yeah, I haven't talked to them for three months. I'll bet they're suffering. Yeah, I'll bet they are. I'll bet they are. That's why we can't walk in unforgiveness if you're going to walk in revival. And we all want to walk in revival. All right, look at verse 17 that the man or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto how many all good works? Notice, all good works. So all good works, there they are. What are they? They're, they're, they're what God asks us to do. They're extending the kingdom of God. They're telling people about Jesus. They're brightening somebody's day. Sometimes it's just a smile. My God, it's hard to get people to smile. Did you notice that? You go to the store and you say hi, and they just, am I invisible? Did I be translated or what? Nobody, how are you doing? Well, I don't know. I guess I, I mean, you just want to say, Hello! I'm, he- I'm here! And they completely ignore you. I mean, it's amazing. But, you know, a lot of this stuff has been building over the last few years where everybody's their own little island and that stuff. But that stuff's going to be broken because the church isn't going to be their little island. We're going to become spiritual pests. See, and I'll tell you what, the best thing about the whole thing, and we don't think it that way, but the best thing about the whole day is basically people want this. They may act like they don't. They may look like they, they want something. Their life is a disaster. They're sick all the time. They're depressed all the time. They're down and out all the time. They don't like anybody. They're upset. They want this, but they have to be told it by someone who's living in it and has it. See, you can't tell them to rejoice all the time when you're going to work every day, grumbling, complaining, and whining. Well, I just don't feel good about working today. Well, rejoice. They'll say, well, then rejoice. 
You see, we've got to practice what we preach, don't we? We've got to grow up in the things of God. We've got to be, come to a place where we're thoroughly furnished under how many good works? All good works, praise God. Now, in order to do this, well, let me do this one. Go to Acts chapter 3. We need to continue. Say continue. continue. So I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing for the last 30 years. I'm going to keep doing it no matter what happens. I'm going to come keep doing it no matter who likes me, who don't like me, who doesn't like me, who cares to like me, who does anything, praise God. I'm just going to keep on going. Glory to God. Acts chapter 3, are you there? Yep. All right, look at verse 19. It says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. How many of you have done that? Yep. How many of you repented? Yep. How many of you are being converted? Yep. How many of your sins were blotted out? Yep. All right, now look at the rest of that. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So here he's talking once again. If you look at the whole thing, it's, it's about life. You know, you should have life, but you should have life more. He wants all to be saved, but coming to the knowledge of the... Here he says you're going, to be, you're going to be free. Your sins are going to be blotted out. But then after that, there are going to be times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. Now, why must there be times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord? It's because there's times we're going to need to be... Is that deep? No, and notice, the best thing about it, it doesn't say there's a time of refreshing. There's times. That means sometimes you're going to need refreshing from the Lord and from his presence. Why? Because you need refreshing. Nobody walks around on a cloud their whole life. It doesn't work that way. Everybody's going through the same battles. Everybody's going through the same struggles. Everybody's going through the same attacks. Everybody's gone through the same thing. But there's times of refreshing. How many know times of refreshing are good? When you get in a time of refreshing, you forget about everything you were worried about 10 seconds earlier because you're in the presence of the Lord and God's touching and moving upon his life. So there's times of refreshing. What are they to do? To refresh on the inside of you the revival spirit that's actually in there today. The Christ is on the inside of you today. The power of God's on the inside of you. There's a refreshing that takes place in your life. All right, go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Revival is coming to our land. The Holy Ghost is moving like a hurricane. It's going on right now, praise God. What a time to be alive. Thank God I wasn't in Moses and his stinky sheep and everything else, praise God, out in the wilderness someplace. No. Glory to God. I'm in America. Hallelujah. All right, Second Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse 6. It says, Therefore I put thee in remembrance that thou should stir up the gift of God, which is where? In thee. Now where is the gift of God? Now who is the gift of God? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God, and the gifts come from the gift. Are you following me? That's why in the gifts of the Spirit, even though you may operate in one, you have a possibility to operate in all, because you have the gift of the gifts that are on the inside of you. But you operated in one of the gifts, and it gave you confidence to operate in that gift again, so you figured you only had the one gift, so you operated in that gift your whole life, even though you had opportunity for all the other. Are you following? My God, you're getting, we're going to take up another offering. Get those, those buckets.
by verse 6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when this happens, notice, you'll be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord anymore, nor of me even being a prisoner. But be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has called us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which has given us in Christ before the world, but is now making manifest of the appearing of the Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death, and has brought to life and immortality the light through the gospel, whereof I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher to the Gentiles. So notice he says you can stir up the gift. Say stir up the gift. Here he said one way to stir up the gift is by the laying on of what? Laying on of the hands. Therefore this morning I'm going to offer you a refreshing. If you need refreshed. If you're already so fresh, you don't need refreshed. Whatever you want to do. But I want to keep you in revival spirit. I want to keep you flowing. I want to keep you in the presence of God. I want to keep you growing. I don't want you up and down all the time. And when you get in this, it's easy to get up and down. How many of you know that? This spiritual walk, because we're not in heaven. We're down here on this crud earth, praise God. So because of that, it, uh, hallelujah, makes a difference. Glory to God. So if you'd like refresh, come on up here this morning. Come on up, come on up, come on up. the key.